Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. Well, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Light Path podcast. I think probably the most appropriate and respectful way to start off this podcast is a little get to know you. So in this episode, I actually discuss my story of how I came to be working in this field and what it means for me to do so. So I get asked this question a lot, how I came to this place, all of that is answered. I just give a detailed rundown of how I got here and the intention behind, especially this podcast. So I hope that you get to enjoy knowing my story, maybe a little bit more about me, as I really intend to get to know a little bit more about you. The best way to do that is via our Facebook community group. Check out the show notes. There's a link direct to that. I would love you to join this private group. And so we can really begin to foster and create that community where we can all hold support and encourage each other as we illuminate our own paths. I am so happy to warmly welcome you to the very first episode of the Light Path podcast. You would have heard in the introduction to this episode what my intention is behind this podcast. And as it evolves, as we evolve together along this curating our paths of light, I can't wait to see how it grows and transforms into a community of us who are all really willing, ready and able to live our lives in the most authentic way that brings us so much love and happiness, challenge and evolvement as we move along. The biggest question I always get asked whenever I have been interviewed by someone else or even just generally by clients as I work with them one-on-one is how I got into this line of work. Why is it that I started it and how did I really know that this was something that I wanted to do and a path I wanted to take? So for the first time publicly, I am going to tell my story of how I landed here. It is obviously really confronting to be so vulnerable, so bear with me, Um, but it seems to be a story that people get really intrigued by, and so I'm more than happy to share it in the hope that it helps you understand who I am a little better, but also may, you know, you just never know. You never know where your story lands with someone else and how it might ping something in them uh, or encourage them to really go up after their path of light. So as you can tell from my accent, I am Australian. I was born and bred in Sydney in the Northwest suburbs. I am one of three girls. I am the middle child. Many would argue the typical middle child. I definitely suffer a little bit from that syndrome. But I grew up in just a really idyllic suburban upbringing. I have two amazing parents that 
still to this day, very much are active um, participants in my life and really care and nurture myself and both my sisters. My older sister and my younger sister still live in Sydney. Um, and both of my sisters are really successful professionals. And my older sister has a beautiful puppy that she's obsessed with. And my younger sister has two gorgeous children that I am so lucky to be an auntie of and to watch them develop and grow. I myself live in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. And really, I guess a lot of where I've lived and worked in the past has led me onto this path. So I was raised Catholic, um, you know, typical uh, gorgeous education. Um, After school, I knew pretty much what I wanted to do. I decided to be a primary school teacher and we, I went to the Catholic university to do that because it was obviously for me just a smart choice because you could work in whatever system. Um, I saw it as a, maybe that was my first indication that business was, my acumen was kind of to the forefront for me because it was more of a, a, uh, just a solid business decision. I could be more employable in more systems. So went to the Catholic uni and really, you know, loved, I guess, um, the idea of being a primary school teacher. So I graduated, I worked in Sydney for a year. And then when I was 23, I decided to do the London stint. So I packed myself up and I moved to the other side of the world. I did move with a friend, but um, it wasn't something that it it more felt like I was doing it on my own. You know, just she went her path. I kind of went mine. And so it was kind of a big introduction into adulthood, if I'm really honest. Uh, You're living on the other side of the world, you're navigating work life and friendships and building, I guess, your community around you. And it wasn't always easy, but as most things that aren't always easy, when you work for them and you stick at them, they are the most rewarding. And I, to this day, I'm 43 now, and I do say they were the best years in my life, the four or so that I lived and worked in the UK. I had an amazing job, an amazing flatmates, amazing friends. I met um, an amazing man and, you know, we spent half of that time there together Um, on and off a little bit, but we were together. It was though when I was living in London that I think for the first time I kind of got this indication that, I don't know, I just didn't deal with things as easily as others. Uh, I'd never had that before at home. I was was a pretty pragmatic person. I was always really busy and got on with things. But I just remember finding, you know, that relationship that I had there, it was really triggering. And um, maybe it wasn't the most stable as a lot of relationships in your mid-20s aren't. And I just found it really hard often to... I guess what I look back now, um, stick to my values and to really be in alignment with what it is that I wanted. And by that, I mean that my actions and my words and my desires weren't all in alignment. And I just found that, you know, a a little bit tricky. I don't think this is unusual to most people's stories, but I was acutely aware of it. The only thing I can ever, ever mention Uh, prior coming back to Sydney that may have been an indication that oh I have 
quite an attuned sixth sense, um, let's just call it that for now, was I used to live near Notting Hill and there was obviously beautiful streets to walk around and I used to love walking my neighborhood and I just, there was a muse. So a muse is like a little kind of alleyway of a street where houses um, line it. Think um, the scene out of Love Actually where he's holding up the, um, he's in a cobblestone street and he's holding up those big cardboard um, signs and she's reading them at her door. That's like a muse street. Um, so I just, I remember there was this one muse and every time I walked past it, I don't know why, but I just had this sick sense in the pit of my tummy that I had died there of a heroin overdose. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but it was almost like something I just knew. And I had this like draw to it and I would walk past it and I just, I just kind of like, it was just something that I knew. It wasn't something that I pondered upon or thought about that often. It was more like, oh, I just know that. And for reference, um, growing up, I wasn't a huge drinker. I mean, I, I drank. Um, I guess I probably learned to become a pretty good social drinker living in London. But one thing I was really, really hard on was drugs. Like I haven't never touched a drug in my life. I haven't even smoked pot. And that's not because I have a particular view about it um, in terms of anyone else. For me personally, it was just something that I knew I just couldn't and never wanted to do. And it was probably in relation to that life that maybe I just had previously where drugs uh, maybe were the destruction of it. And yeah, and so to this day, I have zero experience with any type of um, drug other than over-the-counter chemist pharmaceuticals, a bit of a neurofin now and then. Um, so I moved home in my very late 20s and my intention for moving home was ultimately to not to move away from my relationship, but, you know, it had kind of run its course. And, and so I just felt it was a really good opportunity to come home. I'd been away for a while and I was really keen to begin my master's studying um, early childhood development because I had a very clear career map in my mind set out. I knew what I potentially wanted out of my career. I knew what I loved in my career and that was that beginning year of school. I just thought that there was nothing more precious and rewarding than guiding students and their parents through that year. So I came home, I got a job at a school in Sydney as a as the kindergarten one of the kindergarten teachers there. And I started pursuing my um, studies of early childhood. I, my big passion is helping um, parents transition their children to school, you know, basically just letting them know what they don't know. I started a business that I still have to this day where I give parents seminars on the transition to school and school readiness. Uh, it is is just something that I, I love to talk about. It was whilst I was working in this school, I had a teacher's aide in kindergarten. We often, you know, get a little bit of extra help because when you have 30 odd five-year-olds in front of you all day, you need a little extra help. And my teacher's aide was just the most beautiful woman. She had the most beautiful energy. She was just, and she still is, a very, very special lady. And one day, you know, just chatting as you do with your co-workers, she mentioned that she was going to her meditation circle that night. 
And I responded to her and I said, oh my goodness, my mum tells me I need to meditate. I'm so highly strung. Um, What is this all about? And she, you know, sort of said, oh, it's actually a, a closed circle. You can't actually come. It's run by a medium. And my first words out of my mouth was, what is a medium? I had no idea what she was talking about. And she explained what a medium was. It was someone that was able to, I guess, tap into the, the unseen and to, and to guide people from their higher selves, um, from the spiritual realm, if you like. And I thought, oh, that sounds a bit fascinating. And she said, I'll, I'll give you her number. If you want a reading with her, you can, you can reach out and give her a call. I did that and I left this woman a message and that was that. I never heard from her again. Um, It was around this time that someone had um, suggested that I go on a blind date with with a certain gentleman and I was a little bit concerned that maybe this gentleman was a little bit too old for me. So I decided uh, not to um, go on that date. And it was about a year later that oh, through Facebook, I, a, f- a friend mentioned this man and I thought, gosh, that name sounds really familiar. I looked at the picture. I thought, oh, he's hot. Um, and when I, it kind of twigged, I'm like, I think that was an email I received from this guy who I'd rejected. So at, at the time I'd gotten this really cleverly written, beautifully written email um, asking me out on a date to which I, I didn't go on. So I went back to that email and I thought, oh, that is the same guy. Oh, wow. He's actually really good looking. What was I thinking? So spontaneously a year later, I responded to the email and I said, you know, is that drink still on the table? Straight away, he wrote back and he said, yes, it is. And the next night we met for a date and it was, you know, great um, attraction straight away. We were really into each other and so pursued this, you know, quite um, beautiful connection that we had together. Um, it was, we met, I can't even remember how long we were together, but we, I just remember that I was, you know, quite taken with him and I thought, oh my goodness, like he's not what I expected to kind of, uh, consider as a, as a long-term partner or potential partner, but he, you know, he, I, he really got me and, um, I was really enjoying the connection and for his reasons, he decided to abruptly end that relationship right upon my 30th birthday, which obviously wasn't great timing. It was actually really horrible timing. So you're turning into a new decade. You're thinking you're kind of, you know, I just finished my master's. I was with this great guy. And then boom, he was like, I don't want this. I don't want the same things that you want. So obviously I was really upset. And it was about that time that out of the blue, a year later, this woman called me and she said, you need to come and see me and you need to come and see me now. I was obviously highly motivated to go and see someone who was possibly able to look into uh, my situation and just tell me everything was going to be okay. And to this day, I think that's why many people come and see me. So she lived about an hour away. So it was a Saturday. Off I went and I drove up to this house and I say this with much love and respect. And I have actually spoken (laughs) to this woman about how I felt when when I went to her house. But she lived in this really what I consider cool now, but at the time I was a bit like, Ooh, this is different. Um, this like wooden house on stilts almost. It was, and it was surrounded by trees and, and I walked in and, and there she was she, gorgeous. She's so beautiful. And, but very, um, 
let's just say hippie or new age looking and as were her home furnishings. And so I, you know, I was very much into my high heels and handbags. It was, uh, I was very much kind of known for that. Maybe a little bit still am amongst my family. I do like my things. Um, you know, so we, I guess we had a different aesthetic is what I'm trying to say. So I walked in and I sat down in this woman's living room and she looked dead in my eye and she said, I have been waiting for you. I have been told about you. I've known that you have been coming for years you are big, you are this medium, you are this person. And I'm just looking at her thinking, what is she talking about? And I, and I literally, I think I stopped her and just said, I'm really sorry, but I, um, I, I'm good. Thank you so much. But I've got my career path sorted. Um, I'm actually just here because I really want some guidance about my relationship, i.e. is he going to change his mind? And she was like, he's not the one for you. Forget about him. Don't worry about him. This is who you are. You need to leave teaching. You are going, you need to sit for people. You need to guide them. And I can see you speaking publicly. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. I've got no interest in being the public eye. Here we are on a podcast. Um, I've got no interest in this. I'm, you know, like I said, I, I know where I'm at. I just really want to know. And so as you can probably guess, the reading didn't go all that great. And I left and I was a bit like, well, that was a total waste of time. Um, And for the next couple of weeks, I don't know, I kind of didn't think about it, but I was obviously in a little bit of heartbreak mode. And so I just remember one day thinking to myself, I'm just going to reach back out to this woman. And I reached out to her and I just kind of said, what do I need to do? Because I almost felt like, not that I didn't have anything, but I just, I guess I just felt lost. And and now what I understand is probably a little bit of a dark night of the soul, that moment where you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing isn't working. And so I'm willing just to do something different. And, and it was probably my soul really pushing me forward. None of this I understood or conceptualized at the time. And she softly just said, you just need to come and have a sit. So I went back a few weeks later and we sat in a meditation and the moment we kind of dropped into that trance state, the state of meditation that I personally sit in, in trance, in energy, I sit in energy. I don't just sit in the mind or things like that. I, when I sit, I sit. And I just remember thinking, oh no, here we are. It was, it was like the most at home feeling I've ever had, even though I never felt displaced in my life. Um, it was the most familiar feeling in the world, yet also a deep knowing that I could never, ever explore the nths of this in, in a thousand lifetimes. And it just burst me open. And it, it was like I understood what she had said to me, but I didn't understand any of it at all. And it was from there that she invited me to join this meditation circle. And in this meditation circle that I sat in for 10 years, most Wednesday nights, it was just full of the most amazing humans. They were uh, amazing healers, um, I guess empaths themselves at all different kind of uh, levels of awareness and, and personal battles within their own stories. These people were from all walks of life, but there was just this amazing beautiful connection and opportunity to sit and for me I guess I really learnt so much and it was from that experience but also just my very first experience of sitting that I 
developed straight away this deep, deep reverence for and respect for that, I guess, channel that we all hold, but the particular channel that maybe I held and was going to develop. And, you know, this woman would say to me, it's come on, you need to start working. And I was a bit like, oh, no, no, I don't really know if I can do it. And, you know, slowly, you know, you just start to share with friends, maybe what you're exploring. And they were like, oh, like try me. Um, And so I just started playing with it. I read, oh my goodness, I read any kind of spiritual book I could get my hands on. Um, Wayne Dyer was one of the very first authors that I read and I am just very much, um, in awe of his, of his wisdom and his work. And, and I, I would just read, I would attend lectures. I would listen to anything. I, I started working with a kinesiologist every single fortnight. I worked with her for years. She was an amazing spiritual healer she uh, she did work under the the umbrella of kinesiology but um you know just an amazing woman that could that could hold and and heal and so my path of healing was I was I I was I am still very dedicated to it for me it's it's a uncovering it's a it's a it's a constant emerging a constant involving practice and and through that time, I did slowly start to work. You know, friends friends would ask. And then finally, one friend said, oh, my friend wants to come and see you. So all of a sudden, I had my first client. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And I remember being so nervous, so nervous before she came over. Um, but I, I just sat and I, I did what I knew how, even though I don't really know how to this day how I do it. But I just sat and I was allowed. I just opened myself up. I gave myself completely over to her, her energy, and then the guidance just comes through. Um, And slowly from there, word of mouth, it started building. I was still teaching this whole entire time. Um, It did not, I guess, uh, ethically marry up, I guess, to the Catholic schools I was working in. So it was very much word of mouth. I did it on evenings and the weekends. um, But it was probably five years into my journey where I thought, oh, I just imagine doing this full time like I I agreed with with the guidance I got originally finally like yes this was my path and I would love to walk it but there were huge barriers to that I you know I still had things I wanted to achieve in my teaching career I wasn't a hundred percent ready to let that go there was a lot I loved about it um financially very risky decision um just to leave a, a solid career and, and move into this full time. I, I had no idea how I was going to do that. I really didn't have the financial structures to support such a transition. Um, but all I knew over the next five years is that my teaching life got harder and harder and harder. My money, I guess, issues got tougher and tougher and tougher in that I just couldn't see a way that I could afford to step out into full-time work for myself. Um, And I guess I got more and more desperate to find a way. And I, I remember opening my cupboard doors most mornings and looking at, you know, some beautiful I guess what I would have considered five years previous to that hippie clothes. Um, And I just think, oh, what would it be like just to pull one of those dresses out and wear it and not have to put on this suit and these heels and and go and 
you know, be, be professional in inverted commas. And I think things for me just came to a head um, at the age of about 41, I think I was. So a, a couple of years ago, 40 maybe, um, where life was just hard. I was not happy. And I think spirit may have got a little bit impatient with me because I wasn't living the path or walking the path of light that I knew I wanted to and the way I wanted to and to be working with people ultimately to guide them on theirs I don't see myself as a medium or a psychic I actually don't like those terms I see myself literally as a guide who can hold space for you as you find your way because I believe we are all innately our own perfect guides um, and I love helping guiding people in that way and, and energetic healing to me is just the most amazing thing ever and um, so in spirits in patience I think they decided to open a very big door for me and in a restructure at the school I was working in I got an option to take a redundancy and before the sentence was even out of my manager's mouth, I my heart was just like, see ya, here we go. And so I decided to leave that career with the absolute oh, love and support of my family, which, you know, my family are not into this at all. This is very new to them. They're very patient and open with me. And even though I didn't really have a plan, like, what's the plan? I don't know. I'm just going to go full time and see how it goes. But they were so gracious and just thought, I think that's a good option for you. So I had their support and that was it. I I left teaching at the end of 2019. And I, I also think I was very smiled down upon because obviously we know 2020 was not the best year for most people, especially well, healthcare professionals mainly, but teachers teaching five-year-olds on Zoom, I still can't get my head around that, how they did that. I'm just in awe, but I skipped all of that and I didn't have to do any of that because I had left. And I remember standing in my apartment so happy um, that I was finally embracing my truth and standing in my truth. And I turned to a, a dear friend and I said to her, oh my gosh, what if this doesn't work out? What if I can't make a financial success of this? And she just, without skipping a beat, looked at me and said, what makes you think spirit is going to kick you off the cliff and be like, okay, best of luck. No, they are going to do everything and anything to support you in this path. Um, as much as, as hard as I worked in my teaching career, I actually didn't mention it, but I went on to do a second master's degree in theology. So I've got two um, master's degrees and I worked really hard in middle management and dedicated a lot to that career. Now working for myself, oh my goodness. Um, I, I think I work so much more, but I don't feel that. It's it's the biggest blessing and I'm so in love with what I do. And it every day, every time I work with someone, it just makes me fall more and more in love with the plight of people to live a life that they love and to be, I guess, the best versions of themselves, even though to do that takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of healing and it takes a lot of getting out of their comfort zones. And I'm constantly in awe as I hold people through that. I don't think I do anything particularly 
<laughs> magical or or significant it's just, it's just the holding and it's it's what an honor what an honor it is to sit for and with people that way as with anything any of us do this is evolving and this is changing and this podcast is a part of that there is so much more coming up next year in terms of the way I would love to work with you and the things that I would love to offer you as I say to people quite often coming for a reading is is interesting I guess and it can be reassuring and but so what if you don't do anything with it and I think that so what aspect of what I do is what I'm really being called through my heart and my soul and my own personal guidance to offer more of as as we move forward um, for use because like I said I believe that we are all our own best guide and I want to provide you with all the tools I have extensively used myself in order to get to this place and to any next place that I you know desire to go so that is why I am here that is how I came to be here I am so honored for that and I'm so excited to work with you via this medium of podcasting and through the Facebook community the light path podcast community so check out the show notes for that and join in because that really will be um driven by you guys driven by what it is that you're discussing and needing and a place for you all to to connect in that pursuit of of embellishing or illuminating your own light so i thank you in advance for joining me along this journey i thank you in advance for listening and interacting with me i am always open to feedback suggestions ideas questions hit me up on um, the Facebook community group or via Instagram or personally via email you can get me at thelightpathcollective.com thank you for joining us on this episode of the light path podcast I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode while you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.